Welcome to episode 38 of the Internet Beer Users Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Poe, joined as always by my co-host, Jay Torres. Jay, what's going on, man? Hey, Nick. What's up, man? Uh, shoot, rough Monday. I mean, Mondays are always rough, but um, I woke up to the news of that stuff happening in Vegas, and um, man, I, I did not want to do anything at all today. Uh, yeah. I tried to work, oh. but... Um, there was a, I go to uh, work, I work from home and mm-hmm. I go to the community room, there's TVs there and I just couldn't help but but just watch what was going on yeah. over in Vegas. So, um, yeah, that's a bummer, dude. Yeah. A crappy way to start start a Monday. Yeah, and, and I actually found out about it, um, kind of my nightly ritual is I lay in bed with my iPad and, you know, read or watch YouTube or go on Twitter or whatever. And just so happened, I was I was literally, I, and sometimes it takes me a while to go to sleep. You know, it's like a process. Yeah. I have to like really yeah. wind down. I'm I'm kind of like a night owl, in a lot of ways. So a lot of times it it takes you know takes a while for me to actually go to sleep. I try to get to sleep early, but most nights it's like midnight ish. Sometimes later. Same. same yeah. Area. And and last night I just kind of as I always do. I wasn't quite getting to that point where I was ready to go to sleep and I you know hopped on I think it was it wasn't Twitter it was actually Reddit and I went on Reddit and I saw it and I started reading the thread and I was just like oh my god because early on it was uh, apparently there were diversions and there right. were reports like at multiple hotels and you know when you first see and and they yeah. it's funny they even tell you a lot of there's a lot, I don't want to call them memes, but there's a lot of like little tips now that you see on on it, Twitter, especially yeah. where it says yeah. early reports are usually wrong. News outlets, right. you know, don't accurately report yada yada yada. But I couldn't help it. My first reaction was, "Oh my God, it's it's a terrorist attack, basically." Mm-hmm. And obviously, now we know all that was not all that, but a lot of that was false. It was really just a lone gunman type of situation. Um, but anyway, regardless, what I'm getting at is, is, uh, it was, it was a rough, um, early, 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 early Monday morning for me. Um, didn't sleep well at all. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was partially that, uh, partially I just had a bad night's sleep. So I woke up and it was already like, ah, you know, when you woke up, wake up after like a bad night's sleep. And then like you just throughout the day, you know, going on Twitter and, read it and looking at the uh the updates and the reports and it's just yeah it's it's yeah just a bad way to start uh the monday and and uh the week in general so thoughts and prayers to everyone out there in las vegas and and obviously las vegas is you know it's people that come in vacation from different parts of the country so you know it's a it's a las vegas thing but it's also a united states thing in a lot of ways so yeah you know just condolences to everyone affected by that and um you know, just everyone stay strong and, and um, you know, keep it, keep everyone out there listening. Obviously, keep everyone in your thoughts and prayers as well. So, yeah, I actually um, it got to the point where I I didn't uninstall Twitter, but I kind of moved it off my home screen. I just felt really depressed and bummed out. And um, yeah, yeah just, like you said, just, uh, you know, I hope everybody gets through this and everyone affected stays strong. But um, yeah, I just decided to take a hiatus off Twitter and and not follow along just because you know it's not it's not good for my well be- my well being. So I I'm gonna be absent from Twitter for a little bit. So sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you yeah. got to do that. 
And, um, you know, I commend you on that, Jay. And a lot of times I, I consider doing similar things in order to boost my, my productivity because it's yeah, kind of like a yeah. time wasting thing. Sure. Um, yeah. Obviously for you, it's kind of a sanity thing, but either way, uh, that definitely takes willpower. So commend you on that. And, you know, let's hope that the rest of this week, uh, brightens up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's dive into some follow-up. Uh, last week, Amazon had an event. No one, they didn't tell anybody except for the people going and, and the actual event was under NDA. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but last week they announced a bunch of new Echo hardware. So mm-hmm. uh, they ent- introduced a brand new Echo. It's cheaper. It comes in at $99. I think it, they originally sold for, I think, $129 or $149. Mm-hmm. The new one is now $99. It's shorter, so it's not as tall as the original one. And it comes in a different colors. So I guess they realized that people like to put these in their kitchen or somewhere in their home and realized that people wanted more options other than black or white. Mm-hmm. So now it comes in like a like a gray, a wood type finish. Um, I think black is still a color. And it, it they're also um i think they're made out of fabric i didn't look at the pictures too closely yeah taking but they a, look a lot they look a lot nicer than than the existing ones taking a, a cue from the google home i noticed yeah it's, it's i kind of got home, that yeah. vibe from it i mean obviously the google home has more of the uh classic air freshener look to it which i love by the way but i <laughs> I, I immediately thought of my google home with the with the fabric kind of portion yeah. of it for the speaker which is the speaker portion of the google home so i just yeah. i thought that was interesting um they also came out with an echo plus so the echo plus is the size of the i guess it's now the old echo oh, oh excuse um, me excuse me jay i actually i don't i can't believe i can't believe it <laughs> you set off your google home i can't huh? believe it i have never i've how many times have i brought it up this i know on that's on the show <laughs> i mean this is this is not the first time i've said that's those words but i guess i enunciated or said it just loud enough so <laughs> There you go. That's, that's funny. <laughs> it works. Um, anyway, Echo go on. Plus. Go on. Yeah, yeah. Echo Plus. The it's so it's the size of the the old. I guess the my, the existing Echo. Uh, that sells for one forty nine. It's got a built in home hub. So I didn't know this. I don't have any smart uh, light bulbs yeah. uh, or anything like that in my home. But I guess you need a special hub that would that connects the the, the light bulbs or the hardware mm-hmm. to the internet, and that's what this hub does. Yeah. That is now built into the Echo Plus, and um, at the time of release, they're actually bundling in a smart, I think it's from Philips, a smart light bulb yeah. uh, for free. So it's like 149 and you get a free uh, smart light bulb to kind of mess around and play with. And so I think that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's that's cool as well, and I think it's a, um, it's a strong way to you know make people aware that this is this is a, a you know big purpose or a big component to these types of devices um, yeah. so it's really kind of pushing people in that direction i think i think that is a really good idea but my first thought from just kind of a um you know inexperienced hub person who does not have uh-huh. any smart light bulbs or whatever have you in my home but but however is interested in in looking into that um actually is okay that's great that the hub comes with it but Okay, this is one of the echoes without a screen, so it doesn't it doesn't that correct me if I'm wrong. Is this one kind of like the old school echo? Yeah. Thing? Okay. It's like a it's a cylinder. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like okay, that's cool. It comes built in, but to me, 
I'm a visual person first and foremost. So, you know, the, a visual menu of some sort in terms of that hub makes the most sense to me, kind of like Apple's HomeKit and, mm-hmm. and being able to kind of access that now from Control Center in iOS 11. That, that makes sense to me. Um, I, I don't, obviously, I don't know how this would, how this functions or how intuitive it is, you know, how the voice commands work, but it's one of the things that I'd be interested to, to, to look at in more detail and see exactly how that whole uh, voice interface works. And, and again, to me, my, the first thing that I thought of when looking at it was that would be good for the show, right? It's the Echo show with the screen. Yeah, correct. Right? Yeah. So, hey, if, I mean, obviously, this is not, their first uh, run. Well, the previous the previous Echoes or the existing Echoes do have some sort of functionality that's similar to this, or you Jay? have to you have to set it up okay. separately. I mean, uh, either uh, before this thing came on, there's a you needed to have like a little bridge that would connect to the internet, and that mm-hmm. would talk to the light bulbs because. I mean, the the Wi-Fi is not going to be built into the light bulbs. Or I, to be honest, I don't know how it works, but you need to have this like smart hub or like a okay. hub for the hardware to communicate to the internet. And Got it. now that hub is being built into the Echo Plus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, it's um like you said, they, you know, Amazon is really looking to expand the line. Uh, they give you a free smart bulb with this, and uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty competitive price. So hey, might might work for some folks. Yeah, and do they introduce a bunch of stuff? So two more things I wanted to mention. Um, they introduce a brand new Fire TV. The crazy yeah. thing about this, it's it's 4K and it's only 80 bucks. And 80 bucks. the Apple TV came out, uh, I think, like two, uh, what is it now, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And their 4K uh, streaming box starts at what is it, 150? Mm, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty cheap. 80 bucks for a 4K streaming thing. That's that's pretty. Yeah, it's cheap. Yeah, it's very compelling for 4K access. Um, I have a Fire TV. Um, it, I believe it is the first generation, as well as a Fire Stick. Um, I, have a, I have the Fire TV in the bedroom, the Fire Stick in the um, in the living room. But my Fire TV is running like a champ. You know, I got nice. Cody on yeah. there. I, I watch uh, you know WWE Network, Netflix, all you know my video needs on there, and it and it's just it's it's running like a champ. So to be able to give me access to 4K whenever I'm ready for it. Um, give me the same interface, which is becoming increasingly polished. Um, I'm sure they've, you know, fine-tuned some things, tweaked some things as well. I mean, they're they're really gunning for that market, and and they I are. think that that price point is very compelling. So kudos to, to Amazon with that. Yeah, and lastly, uh, the Echo Spot. So this one was interesting. It's basically an echo device but it has a screen on it and it's kind of like a circular screen and it looks like a a, like a modern version of an alarm clock so you kind of like set it next to your bed and the circle screen kind of lends itself well to like a like a clock but it's an echo device so you can you know set your alarms uh i think it'll show the weather Mm -hmm. um it's got different uh clock faces uh 129 that's pretty expensive for a bed basically a bedside alarm clock but i think out of all the things that they announced last week i think this one's the most interesting to me because i don't have an alarm clock Mm -hmm. i just use my apple watch in nightstand mode i actually uh relocated my echo dot right to my 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 nightstand Mm -hmm. i don't really use it Mm -hmm. (laughs) because because i don't know what i would use it for but this thing 
an echo, basically an echo dot with like a circular screen that you can show, you know, a clock or whatever. Yeah. That seems interesting to me. I think that 100 was the most interesting thing yeah. that, they, that they announced last week. This this uh, this looks awesome. I, you know, and, and obviously Amazon, the way I look at it, they found success with the Echo. It's it's yeah. exploding. They're getting more and more users. Um, they have a ton of different use cases, and I I really I I feel and many people feel a vision to have uh, an Echo in every room of your home. And, Absolutely, and and the spot is really the the I think it's the best example of a multiple echo kind of I don't want to say environment but a but a, a setup where you have multiple echoes in in every room or throughout your home scattered and it really reminds me of I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago Jay when they really when they came out with the super super dirt cheap um, what is it Kindle. Yeah, the fire, the fire. fire. Tablet? Yeah, the 50-buck one, and they were selling them like like a six-pack of them, right? (laughs) Yeah. So so the the spot is super intriguing, Um, you know, kind of like a smart kind of device right there that would act as an alarm clock and pull up, you know, weather and all those things. It's compact. It has a screen. You can use it for for that, for the the proprietary voice and video communication, um, if and when that catches on. But, you know, anyway, we'll see. But super, super intrigued by it. Um, the 129 price point, eh, it's a little on the expensive side. But, I, you know, I definitely like everything else. I think that's going to come down. And um, yeah. I think that at $99, I would strongly consider just just getting one for, for the nightstand. I, I was going to say 50 bucks for me. The 50 bucks oh, would be I, like that. Okay. I would have already, already bought one. Yeah. <laughs> you bought two. <laughs> yeah, two, exactly, yeah. I would that would have been, oh, yep right away so but yeah um, so this is basically uh, Amazon's lineup for the holiday yeah. I guess for for their Echo devices um, it's nice to see all these different options and this is definitely playing into their plans of getting uh, these Amazon Echo things everywhere so yeah yeah and I think that I think that they have this vision I think that they're on the right path for it do they you know are they necessarily looking at a singular sole device are they are they kind of like apple in the sense where even if it isn't an exact just one like a very they'll have like a variation of the of the core device amazon i think is in a position where they can experiment it is early on with these Mm -hmm. devices they do have a a foothold in the home with the uh, with the existing echo um they're able to go out iterate have different devices see what works and We'll see how it pans out, but um, I de- definitely think it is very intriguing the direction they're going, the spot in particular, and uh, look forward to seeing where they go with this. Yeah, so with that, I think it's beer o'clock. I'm <laughs> pretty yes. thirsty over here. Yes, yes, yes. And, and speaking with- of beer, Jay, I just wanted to mention briefly, um, you know, my weekend uh, wasn't filled with uh, too much uh kind of uh negative and and not so fun uh things going on there was really one bright spot uh, and that was actually i was able to attend i was uh lucky enough to be invited over to new Baleworks home and join him and some friends of his for a bottle share oh you made uh, it out (laughs) yeah yeah i actually did and i quickly wanted to shout out 
Peter um, and his wife and, and his uh, friends that I met over at his home um, had an absolute blast on Saturday night, uh, sampled some some awesome beers. I'll just quickly uh, name them as we start uh, our pour here and, and getting into our show beer. Uh, sampled some Monkish, uh, Bathe the Baselines, uh, a double IPA from Monkish, um, a uh, terribly named Monkish beer by the name of L.A. Hat, um, didn't d- try not to look directly at the can when I drank that one. Um, they were they were both exceptional, by the way, as usual. Um, had some great notion. Um, the uh, I had a spare crowler left for my visit um, up north that I talked about a couple of shows ago in uh, Juice Box uh, Double IPA, and uh, we had some of that. There was also some Guava Space Invader IPA, which was excellent. Um, had some Moonraker Yojo sixty six and a half, um, amazing. Uh, but the standout that I sampled on uh, during the share was Street Shark by Trillium, and the collaborating brewery is Bellwoods Brewery, and uh, awesome label. My wife is a is a huge shark lover, so I sent it to her, and she was like, "Oh, that looks cool." But it's um it's a sh- it's like a shark person. It's like a guy with a shark head riding a little uh, scooter. So <laughs> Street Shark like a motorcycle. So it was a uh, it was exceptional so i just um fortunate to to sample some trillium haven't had some in a while and uh just had it just had a blast great time so um yeah it was a uh, you know definitely a, definitely a, a bright spot for the weekend nice nice so i poured my beer out um oh, we didn't mention the beer yet huh <laughs> the mystery beer for today's yeah. show is none other than minesweeper from alvarado street which is their flagship IPA, I would, I, I would dare say. Um, if, if flagship isn't the exact word, I would definitely say their core IPA. Um, uh, let me go ahead and read you the description from their Instagram, uh, the latest one that they threw up. New beers are always fun to debut, but sometimes it's a return to the classics that gets us excited, especially a beer like Minesweeper, our very first ever brewed IPA. While we've fine-tuned this beer over and over throughout the years the bones of it has always have always been the same maris otter is the base malt simcoe and citra dry hop and a clean fermentation from california ale yeast given its history and what it means to us we thought it deserved a fresh new look so we've updated the can art for this upcoming release on wednesday it's dead sexy so if you look at the can art jay i i agree i would agree that i mean here here's the thing the when i first discovered Alvarado Street, which was last year. I don't know if it was like mid last year or so. Um, I liked the, their their can style, their can design at the time because they all had the same look, but it, each can had a riff on the color mm-hmm. scheme and really just the color scheme because all the fonts and everything were the same. So I kind of I, I like that because it gave it continuity. You could easily identify it as an Alvarado Street beer. So I, I liked it, but I guess they decided that was getting stale so in the they're really in the process of kind of revamping their overall look and uh contains no juice had a new uh can design obviously minesweeper um i got a shout out growers pale ale which i picked up alongside the minesweeper um amazing can art uh please check it out just you know google it untapped it uh, their growers pale ale it's kind of in the style of one of those classic uh agricultural salinas valley you know, like olives or, you know, those those old-timey posters for mm. agricultural products that would be grown 
in the Central Valley, and they just, they just nailed it. So anyway, they're in the process of this revamp. I think they're absolutely nailing their can art as of late, and I just wanted to shout out um, whoever's doing their can design because they're, they're, they're knocking it out of the park. And they're really nailing this uh, Minesweeper. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It what, smells really good. Yeah. What do we What do we have in the color here, Jay? It, it looks uh, like a really nice, hazy, hazy um, for sure. Golden, I'd say golden yellowish orange color. And appearance wise, this is and it, they kind of said in the description there, Jay. They have constantly, and they do this with a lot of their beers. They they constantly refine tweak, fine-tune, et cetera. I've had quite a few batches of Minesweeper uh, throughout the last year, year and a half or so that I've been drinking on Rada Street. And this, by far, is the haziest. It is, it okay. is very thick, um, very opaque. Um, it's You can't see it. You can't see through it, at least on my end, at all. Yeah, yeah, same here. This is my first time having it. And um, yeah, it looks really good. I mean, it's can't see through it at all. Great aroma, um, really it smells so good. Really jumping out of the can, you could just, it's just super fresh. Um, I picked uh, these this can up on Thursday, um, and it's just smells just super fresh. Just you know, orange tangerine, a um, little bit of lime, just really jumping through the glass for me. It it, it smells and, and looks amazing. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of the orange too. Definitely. Well, what do you say, Jay? It's about that yeah, time. He- yeah, I need this, dude. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Cheers. Mm. Yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Mm. I I yeah. had two of these on. <laughs> I picked these up on Friday. I had two cans. Didn't wait, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I couldn't wait. Yeah. No, it's um, man, this is a this is a great flagship IPA to have. You know, single IPA it clocks in at uh, seven point one for the ABV. Um, I uh, do not have an IBU count, but um, I could I'd venture a guess and gauge it at maybe I'd say probably like the like high forties, low fifties. Uh, it's very very soft um, with with the IBU, at least as far as I can tell. Oh, not bad. On a tap, it says fifty five IBU. Oh man, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, there not you go. bad. Yeah. Jeez, I, I swear I didn't look at it first. I, I come on, everyone. You know I wouldn't lie to you on the show. Come on, yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, um, so That's... yeah, and I think I think it's interesting. This kind of brings us back to the the whole naming thing, which I, I think we I think I mentioned last show, which is you know classifying things as quote unquote West Coast IPA or you know New England style or Northeast. Right, right, and, yeah, yeah. and I have seen Minesweeper, um, not quite this hazy and and have much more of a of a west coast ipa appearance you know and just be you know very transparent if you will and just classic west coast this again is that new style or that new hybrid I, that i was talking about kind of like a yeah like a west coast dank hazy juicy ipa yeah yeah whatever it is and and you know, whoever's gonna come up with that, <laughs> with that, with that, uh, whatever the the classification is or the exact name, hey, um, I'm ready for it because I really think that this is a subgenre unto itself that is that is really emerging. And I mean, a West Coast IPA, I don't, I, I just, I don't think that, I don't think that name or that classification really does this justice because, you know, a West Coast IPA, I look at like. <clears throat> 
you know, like a Stone IPA or, or a Lagunitas or even a Sculpin, but a Sculpin's even kind of getting more towards this end of the spectrum. Um, a New Age West Coast IPA, maybe? I don't know. I, I just... I don't know. But this is, you know, but on the, here, I'll say this, Jay. On the same note, for a West Coast IPA, get, this is what I want to drink when I when I drink a West Coast IPA. Um, yeah. Because it is... I, I kind of... Go ahead. I kind of like this... Um, you know, when you bring up that this this new style, you know, it's West Coast hazy IPA. Is it is it a subgenre of of a West Coast IPA or or of a New England IPA? Uh, it's got characteristics of both. Yeah, it's kind of exactly. I, you know, I like West Coast IPAs obviously, and I, I you introduced me to Northeast New England style, and I, and I like those too. This is like the best of both coasts. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's very hot forward. It's not a juice bomb, but it's it's definitely sweet, but not overbearing. You know, not overwhelmingly sweet. Yeah. Uh, mouth the mouthfeel is is super smooth, but uh, substantial at the same time. Absolutely, and and you know you get that assertiveness of of a quote unquote West Coast IPA, but without right. the without the excessive bitterness. You know. Exa- yep. You get it's, it's it's perfect. Yeah, you get that. It's it's very um, and I've I've seen this term used for other beers um but it comes to mind with this it's very hop saturated you you really mm. f- taste the zing with the hops um the finish is also assertive but it's very balanced um it is slightly on the dry side but i think i'd say more on the juicier side um you know the you get big orange um uh you know a little i'm getting some like a little bit of lime as well um i wouldn't quite I think there's I think there's slight tropical hints, but it, I wouldn't call this yeah, yeah. I wouldn't call the fruit here tropical tropical. Um, you're getting like hints of it, but more so just you know orange, tangerine, lime, um, very refreshing, um, just just substantial body, but still light at the same time. And at seven point one ABV, to me, it's 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 not quite sessionable per se. But, no. <laughs> but but two or three of these, and you're you're feeling good, and you're kind of wondering like, whoa, did I? I didn't even drink that much. Holy moly! But yeah, I could, no burn whatsoever. No, no, not at all. I mean, this the balance on this is is tremendous. And hey, Alvarado Street should be proud that uh, that this is their their first and dare I say their flagship. And I don't know if they consider it that, but. If they do, I, this is this is a good one to to consider as their flagship. Yeah, and uh, as always, we will finish this beer as the show goes on, and I think now would be a good time to move on to our next topic of this evening. Yes. So our topic for this evening is kind of a fun one. We kind of did no, we didn't really do it on a previous episode, but we talked about it yeah. uh, before. Video games, and more specifically, uh, this thing came out last Friday, the SNES Classic. Mm-hmm. And I, did we talk about this before on a pre, like, uh, pre-orders or it was, it was announced? No, oh, no, I don't think we, we did. didn't. Okay. No. So, so last Friday, Nintendo came out with their SNES Classic. And I think it was last, was it last year they came out with their NES Classic? Yep. And famously, that one sold out quickly. It was super hard to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year, they predictably, they came out with their SNES Classic. So it's a miniature version of their 16-bit console. The one 
my favorite console of all time, the one that I grew up playing. And this went on pre-order, or so we thought, oh. on July 30th. Yeah. I got, I was on Twitter that night and someone posted a tweet, oh, SNES Classic pre-orders are live. And we pre-ordered, I told Nick, I was like, go, go, go right now. <laughs> this is not a drill. And we pre-ordered, or so we thought, I think a couple days later, um, I think, yeah, I think we did it through Walmart. Walmart, Walmart prematurely Ugh. posted the link, and they said, no, it was a mistake. But the real the real pre-orders went up about three weeks later on the 21st, and this was real. Mm-hmm. And I placed my order at Best Buy. I told Nick, I told all my buddies, it's live, go and do it. And we placed our pre-orders on august 21st well let's and jay let's talk about this very briefly because sure go for it i am still bitter i'm still mad at best buy because like (laughs) best buy or 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 walmart both both now okay okay best buy not as much but you know walmart it's still like oh god but anyway so what jay is leaving out is a very important detail which is Best Buy, when pre-orders went live on the 21st, <laughs> okay. they had a limit. These were the legit ones. Yeah, legit. Um, yeah. They had a limit of one per customer. Now, I've you know brought him up you know, quite a bit on the show. He does our show theme, of course. Uh, my brother, uh, otherwise known as Equivalent Exchange, uh, we both grew up together. We played a lot of Super Nintendo together. And I figured, hey, what better time to get him an early Christmas present than now. Oh. So I you know, I tried to do, it wasn't like in big letters or anything, one per customer. So I tried to do two and it wouldn't let me finalize the order. It said, you know, one per, there's a limit of one per customer. So okay. I said, okay, well, let me place my first order and then hop on again and use another credit card and try to do another one, uh, which I did. And that order went through. So I was like, cool. I was like, all right, I'm set, legit, no problem. The day before, <laughs> the day before Friday, so pickup day was, the release date was Friday, so it was, thir- no, I, wanna, I don't want to say day before, it was like Wednesday. I got an email from Best Buy. We found out that you had a duplicate order. We deleted one of the orders. Uh, we will refund you back, yada, yada, yada. So I did get shafted with my extra um, SNES Classic, sorry, bro. But um, I was I was disappointed in that, and I was especially shocked to hear that Jay, you did the same exact thing, and you did not get flagged. Yeah, I did oh. the same exact thing. I, the thought being, I, I wanted one for myself, and then I wanted to flip the other one on, on eBay or Craigslist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I did the same thing. I bought one. I used a different credit card. Bought the other. I pick. I had one. I, you know, I, did you do both for the same pickup or delivery? Yes. That was okay. that was why that was it. Okay. Okay. So I <laughs> I did one. I had one delivered and one the other one is still waiting for me at the Best Buy. I haven't sold Thursday to to pick it up or else they'll uh you yeah. know, they'll refund it and 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 sell it. But I think yeah, that that's that probably it. it right there. That was it. We yep. figured it out. So anyway, now I know for the Nintendo 64 <laughs> Classic coming out next year, the way to do it. <laughs> uh yeah, so the release so interestingly enough the the release date was supposed to be friday i get a i get a snapchat from my brother you know basically snapchat you you send a a, a picture or a, or a a text or whatever and once you mm-hmm. view it it goes away yeah. he sent me a snap of 
the box of the SNES Classic. This was on Wednesday. And, you know, once I viewed it, it was gone forever. I was like, dude, did you get yours? He's like, I was like, he's like, yeah. I was like, how the hell did you get it? He's like, I guess I got mine early. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. <laughs> I said, I, I told you and you're like, how the heck did it happen? And uh, whatever. But um, <laughs> apparently a lot of people got theirs early because on Thursday, the day before they actually were officially released, I got a notification that mine was shipped and was out for delivery. Mm-hmm. All my buddies that I, you know, that I, I have a group chat with, they theirs were out for delivery some that got theirs in in the morning i ended up getting mine in the, in the afternoon mm-hmm. um yeah so i got mine on thursday Ooh. and then you went on friday to pick yours up how were the lines on friday ridiculous i went to ridiculous, my yeah, yeah. I went to my local best buy which is the colma best buy and it was around the building and uh i walked right up uh there's a lady at the door she said pre-order i said yes she said right this way took nice. me right to the counter and went up. She had it right behind the counter, gave it to me, and I was out of there in two minutes. Oh, that's awesome. So, I feel bad for the people in line. <laughs> yeah, I looked, and I was just like, ooh. I mean, they had them all stacked up, too, behind the counter. And oh, I looked, okay. and they had a good like they had a good amount. They had probably, just doing some rough math, they probably had about, I'd say about at least 150, maybe even 200. Oh, sh- that's a lot. Yeah, that's they, a lot. They had, yeah, because what I, the way I remember it was they had stacks they had like pyramids behind the counter. They had at least three or maybe even four pyramids of okay, okay. 40, I'd say 30 to 40 uh, SNESs stacked up. So they had a good supply. Wow. Um, and I didn't check on that particular Best Buy later, but just I was I happened to be around the San Bruno Best Buy and out of curiosity just to kind of see, which I already knew the answer, I, just, I popped in and I asked the guys at the door, I was like, hey, do you guys have any SNESs left? And they were just like, nope. And I go, do you guys know if and when you're going to get some more or you can have another shipment? They were just like, we have no idea. So, Interesting. yeah, it was kind of like, hmm, I wonder. But, again, and I think we've mentioned this before, or at least we've talked about it, um, Nintendo has promised that yep. they are going to have considerably more stock than the than the NES Classic. And I'm pretty sure I also saw a report that they're going to actually restock the NES Classic. I did see that too. Which is kind of crazy because they said specifically, I remember this very specifically, that when it sold out, they they released a statement or mentioned somewhere in an interview that they would never do, do it again, which is interesting. I would love to... I would love to get my hands on an NES classic. I mean, if this is going to be a thing, I want to collect them all. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I definitely think it's going to be a thing, and at least until the Nintendo 64. I mean, the GameCube, sure. uh, you know, you start getting into the to the you know higher technology and the disc-based um, systems. Who knows, though? I mean, maybe. But I definitely, I mean, I, I, my prediction is definitely a Nintendo 64 classic, possibly a, um, a GameCube, so... That would be cool, yeah. a little tiny GameCube on your on your desk. <laughs> yeah, right, and at the size of it, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Jay, why don't you uh, tell us about um, your unboxing experience? And did you did you film you unboxing it and upload it to no. YouTube? And you have some cool music <laughs> no. in the background and you know a little time lapse. No, <laughs> no, I'm not a YouTuber by any means. Um, but yeah, I, I opened it. I couldn't wait to open it. Um, I kind of was like 
my I came back to the apartment. My wife, she saw it. She's like, oh, we got a package. I was like, yeah, we did. <laughs> and I was, she's like, what is it? I was like, oh, it's for our next show. And she's like, what is it? Did you order beer online? And she didn't understand. <laughs> and I opened, I opened the Amazon box and I pulled out the box. She's like, oh crap, I know what we're doing tonight. <laughs> uh, Through the schedule. So I, yeah. Yeah. So I opened up the box. Um, so it's, it's pretty, it was a small box small box and when i actually opened it i was surprised at how small I, the actual console console was it like literally fits on the palm of your hand yeah it, it, and let me just quickly say jay uh when i s- would see pictures of the box um you know from you or people who got it early or just the box <laughs> in general it's crazy yeah. my my memory and my you know just remembering how big the box was as a kid it, it, oh yeah it was kind of obviously it wasn't the same exact box but it was formatted in a similar kind of rectangular shape and it yeah. always in my mind unless there was something like to scale to show it like exactly how big it was it always was that same size that the original super nintendo box was as a kid does that make sense yeah it's yeah, no, it's in your head. Like this is yes. how, like I remember it was like it was like the size of like a seventeen inch power brick. Like yes. it was pretty big. Yes, like a really big like laptop. Yes. that in my head. That's, that's e- exactly. The size. And even when I went to pick it up and she hands it to me and I'm just like, it's it tiny. didn't. It just didn't compute. I was just like, oh, oh my god. You know, I, you know, I knew it was small, but it was just so weird seeing how how tiny the box was. Yeah, and then when you open the box, and then the majority of it is other stuff, and yeah. then you actually take out the SNES, it's seriously like the size of my hand. I was like, "Holy <laughs> crap, this is tiny!" Uh, but anyways, you get two controllers. I think one of the complaints on the original NES Classic was you only got one. Mm-hmm. So this one, you get two controllers, which is perfect. You can play yeah. two player with somebody else. Yeah. Um, so you get, and also you also get a mini USB cable and a plug. Yeah. And an HDMI cable, which is nice. They don't try to like short mm-hmm. shaft you or try to gouge you and make you buy an HDMI cable. It comes with one in the box, which is really nice. Really, really nice. Really nice. Yeah. No. And yeah. and quickly about the unboxing, two things: one positive, one negative. The positive is is they also included a really cool poster, which mm, is mm-hmm. which is trademark Nintendo, and it's um, basically just a it, you know it's just kind of an ad, if you will. Um, you know, Super Nintendo Classic, and then they list like six of you know the the core games. You know, Super Mario World, F Zero, I think Donkey Kong, whatever the games are, and they have a little, just like the old school way. You know, they have a little screenshot yeah. of the game, and then they have the title, and then they have a description of the game. And I just, I just thought that was such a nice touch, such a cool throwback to the, oh, the posters that you would get with systems or oh, yeah. Nintendo Power, you know, the you oh, get free man. with the magazine and, and 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 all the fonts were exactly the same and the style of it. I, I just I, Nintendo, you know, the attention to detail is just, you know, few companies have it. So I thought that was awesome. Um really enjoyed that. I do want to say though it is nice that they they included two controllers and I believe the they made the cords a little bit longer I read than the Nintendo Classic. True. But I, I know what you're going to say. It's just, I'm sorry. It's just in this day and age, if you have somewhat of a modern system, and again, I'm saying somewhat because I have a PS3, as some of you listeners may know. I, I'm not up to date, but even with the PS3 in 2006, they introduced wireless controllers as standard, and yeah. that's that's the norm. And I had to do the old school plug-in, you know, the HDMI into my TV and put 
the the little system in the middle of my living room <laughs> carpet floor and then just kind of oh, lean man. forward on the couch type of thing. So, hey, um, I know that they're going for nostalgia. Um, I know that the wire controllers were cheaper, but um, I would have liked to see uh, wireless controllers as, as standard. I think it would have still had the same look. I think it would have still been the same experience. It would have been a little bit more expensive, but... You know, you give me a di- you give me the the choice of a hundred dollars or a little bit over a hundred dollars versus eighty dollars with wireless controllers. I'm getting the wireless controllers I- any day of the week. Yeah, and I think I sent you a couple links to uh, some wireless controllers that third parties are making, and I was like, this is a definite like must buy mm-hmm. because, I mean, it's yeah, it is cool that the controllers are the the wires are are a little bit longer than the NES Classic, but yeah, they're still way too short. Um, luckily. We put this in, in our bedroom, so mm-hmm. it's uh, it's obviously much smaller, and I just sit at the edge of the bed <laughs> in front of the TV <laughs> playing this thing, <laughs> just, just like just like just like when I was growing right. up. But um, uh, yeah, I agree. Wireless is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, we'll put links in the show notes for these. I think I sent you two links, and they look pretty. They look they good. Look pretty legit. Yeah, yeah they look really yeah. good. Um. So it comes with 21 games. Should I should I just list quickly list all Might the ones well. that go? Yeah, that, it's just 21. Go for it, man. All right, Contra 3, Donkey Kong Country, Earthbound, Final Fantasy 3, F Zero, Kirby Superstar, Kirby's Dream Course, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, Mega Man 10, Secret of Mana, Star Fox, Star Fox 2, Street Fighter 2, Turbo Hyper Fighting, Super Castlevania 4, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Super Mario Kart, Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars. Super Mario World, Super Metroid, Super Punch-Out, and Yoshi's Island. Very nice <sighs> list. It's an awesome list. And out of those 21, I listed uh, the, the the ones, my favorite ones. Um, yeah. So obviously Street Fighter 2, Mario Kart, obviously, Super Mario World, um, Secret of Mana. I don't know if I mentioned it before. Mm. I'm a, I was a huge like RPG oh. like nerd. Yeah. Uh, Secret of Mana was one of my favorite ones. Oh, uh, cool. Chrono Trigger, which was in my opinion my favorite mm-hmm. uh, RPG, mm-hmm. that did not get included. Yeah, uh, but they did include Final Fantasy. What did I mention? Was it so? It's Final Fantasy three here, but I think it was Final Fantasy four, five, or six mm. in Japan. Oh, uh, yeah. they didn't they didn't release all of them here. Mm-hmm. Uh. But um, yeah, Secret Mana, Secret of Mana made the cut. Mm-hmm. Super Punch Out, that was fun because oh, yeah. you know, I'm a fan of the original Punch Out. And Donkey Kong Country. Oh, and I forgot to put down um, I just made my notes. Uh, Star Fox. I was a huge fan of Star Fox. Yes. Yeah. No. So, uh, what have you played so far? Yeah. Um, well, a couple things. Favorite games out of there. Uh, most I have actually most of your list, with the exception of Secret of Mana. I wasn't much of an RPG fan. I think I mentioned this the okay. last time we talked about the Super Nintendo. My brother was a huge RPG fan like you, and he would constantly try to get me to play Chrono Trigger. Um, I mean, he, he still <laughs> it was he's, a great game. He still does it too, and and I'm open to it because I know how you know I know the premise. I know how good it is. I, I, I've seen how acclaimed and how people just love it. So it's one of those yeah. things where I, I've had a lot of. Um, starts and stops throughout the years where I'm just like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And and then it just kind of fades away. But, um, anyhow, so yeah, uh, obviously super, uh, excuse me, street fighter two turbo, uh, Mario Kart classic Mario world, uh, super punch. I'm a huge punch out fan. Uh, I think I mentioned (laughs) that on the show punch out, uh, the original punch out Mike Tyson's was, is 
probably yeah probably my pound for pound all time favorite uh, Nintendo game uh, of all time. So obviously when Super Punch Out came out, I was just like, um, so it's it's awesome to see that on there. Uh, Donkey Kong Country also uh, was a huge fan of that. My brother got it for his like. I don't know his whatever year it was that came out. I want to say it came out in ninety two, so it would have been his, I don't know, sixth birthday or something, <laughs> sixth or seventh oh, birthday. Man. I distinctly, <laughs> I like vividly remember when we got it. We went, we his birthday wow. was like at a Chuck E. Cheese or something. We, we he got it there, opened it. We all like went nuts, you know, uh, uh, my brother, my sister, and I, and we rushed home and played it. And the graphics were like, oh, you know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Don- Donkey Kong Country was definitely a favorite. Um, in addition to that, I do want to also shout out Super Castlevania Four. Um, that was one of the first uh, Super Nintendo games I do remember getting, and just the leap from the Nintendo Castlevanias to the Super Nintendo version, which was of course Super Castlevania Four, to me was just a huge, huge leap. Not just in, in terms of the graphics and the graphical effects that they introduced with Castlevania Four that took advantage of the Super Nintendo. The one I do remember is the one where, like, the screen would like uh, uh, rotate, uh, which wasn't possible before with the Super oh, Nintendo. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so uh, they really that t- was crazy. Yeah, they really took advantage of that. And then the the really the the number one thing really though, in my opinion. Uh, was Super Castlevania Four was the was the music and uh, famously oh, yeah. the the Super Nintendo the music capabilities on the Super Nintendo were just leaps and bounds oh, yeah. above not just the Nintendo but also the Genesis if you remember um, that a, that a much more powerful musical chip uh, in the Super Nintendo so the music uh, in Super Castlevania Four amongst the best ever in any video game in my opinion and you could honestly say that with a lot of the um, the Castlevania games, just just amazing music. So, uh, yeah, that that probably be it. Um, the the nice thing about this um, mix of games is that even though, in my opinion, and obviously in many people's opinions, there's always going to be ones that are left out. Um, sure. Obviously, you know the big the glaring one for me is Mortal Kombat Two, which yeah, is like, I was going to say that yeah, too. <laughs> it's like ah oh, man, but you know I understand why Nintendo didn't do that. I mean, um, obviously the blood, though they allowed it back then. Um, oh, this yeah. Is, yeah, this this SNES Classic is as much of... It's really just a Nintendo product. Obviously, there are third-party games included, but it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a Nintendo product, and even though it's X amount years later, you know, 2017, blood is blood, and they're not going to present themselves in that light that's just my that's my opinion in terms of why they didn't include mortal Kombat 2 which i think is universally uh, hailed as one of the best uh, not just arcade conversions of the 16-bit era but really one of the best super nintendo games i'd say at least top 25 on pretty much everyone's <laughs> list right i mean come on yeah um and, yeah. and i was gonna say um i was thinking about this before we were going to record like i would love to i would have loved to see like some of the nba live games or the nba jam or took the words right out of my mouth yeah but then i realized they have to pay the licensing for the teams the players and they didn't want to do that and and i was like ah it's it's so unfortunate but those games like especially nba jam and nba live oh man i was i played a lot of nba jam when when, i was a kid when tournament edition came out um, man it was it was (laughs) it was very similar to when street fighter 2 turbo came out you know it's kind of yeah oh my god tournament edition and i had both of them too yeah i had both too Yeah. yeah definitely so 
those two are for me that the most glaring. Oh, and I'm gonna give a special shout out. Um, kind of obscure in 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 a sense, but in terms of an uh, just an amazing Super Nintendo game and an amazing arcade conversion, I also uh, want to shout out Final Fight. I don't know if you're ever a fan oh, of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was another early cartridge that I had on the SNES, and, and I think that would have also been a good addition to the list. Uh, it was funny, uh, right before we recorded the show, um, my oldest, I um, we picked her up uh, over the weekend, and we men- I mentioned that we got the SNES Classic. Mm. She's like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we played it today, mm-hmm. and... Um, uh, I, I exposed her to my Super Nintendo. I don't think I, not not too much, mm-hmm. um, but we played it bef- beforehand, and I recorded audio uh-huh. of her. Uh, I just wanted to get her opinion <laughs> of. Um, so we played Mario Kart, okay. and we played a little bit of a Super Mario World. Uh-huh. We played Mario Kart first, and I asked her, "It's like, what do you think about the game?" And she was like, first thing she said was like, "It looks old." <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, uh, I was kind of explaining to her. I was like, so okay, so you know how you have the Xbox and you play Minecraft on that. Like, this is what? your Xbox is like my. This is this is my Xbox. Is my Xbox. The Super Nintendo is like my Xbox. Yeah. Is my first like real like game console that I played a ton. You know, spent a lot of time on. Right. And then she she didn't she didn't get it. She's <laughs> she's too young. But uh, if there's some good audio, I'm gonna try to maybe for the after show or something, just kind of throw it in there. But she yeah. was like, it looks old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and that's, and you know, it's funny too, that isn't that interesting how pop considering how popular, popular Minecraft is that, yeah. you know, even, even though that art style is so popular looking at, you know, a modern, you know, young kid looking at the super Nintendo classic now, it still looks super dated, right? So, yeah. and, and it's just, and that kind of brings me to some more technical stuff, Jay. Kind of the interface, uh, the menu system, um, yeah, yeah, screen options, etc. I think they did a great job with that. Um, you have, you can save pretty much at any point in any game, which I thought is is, is awesome. Um, the the menu is is kind of sixteen bit style in terms of the trim frames etc cetera, etc cetera. um they have all the box art which i thought was a great great touch it looks, yeah. looks super clean on the you know on my uh, on my 55 inch screen um they have different picture options they have uh, just kind of I, I don't know i forget what it was called exactly the classification um it, it they had um four four to three mm-hmm. they had pixel perfect and then they had uh like overlay scan so it kind of simulated the the scan lines Thank of you. a crt yeah crt monitor what did you experiment with those jay i didn't yeah get that far yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so so this the the over the crt the the overlay it kind of simulates like the lines the horizontal lines of like those old school crt monitors or like those old school tvs um four four to three i think it, it kind of um it presents it so you know how when you watch like an old episode of Friends or The Simpsons mm-hmm. on Netflix that mm-hmm. they have the black bars on each side. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's that's 4 to 3. Yeah. Pixel Perfect is does it So it it is 4 to 3 but you know obviously with our TVs nowadays they've got like, you know, yeah. if you have a 1080p they have a, a 1080 horizontal yeah. lines. I think the Pixel Perfect it 
it kind of scales it down to however many horizontal and vertical lines of resolution mm -hmm. and they present it that way i think the four to three and and the pixel perfect are are pretty much the same okay um right now i did the the crt mm -hmm. overlay to kind of do the old school yeah. like i feel like i'm playing on it on, on an old tv nice. um but uh were you going to talk about the uh the the kind of like the borders on, on each side because um yeah i didn't try i didn't try that but you can do a custom one is that is that correct or or they just had different yeah. options yeah, because so most TVs nowadays are are widescreen, so it's sixteen by nine aspect ratio. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, back in the day, we didn't have widescreen TVs, and so there's gonna be so when you watch like The Simpsons or an old TV show on Netflix, there's gonna be black bars on the left and the right. So what Nintendo did was they kind of introduced like these borders mm -hmm. that they would put on the left and the right to kind of fill in that space. So the one that I have right now, the, the, one of the um, I don't know what you want to call it, skins, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, I put, they look like fake speakers mm -hmm. on the left and the right. So to, to kind of fill in that blank space. Mm -hmm. I've been using that for a little bit. Um, they have like just the black bars. They have like different designs. Um, they have like uh, wood paneling. Mm -hmm. So just kind of like whatever your flavor is, they, they have different options to kind of fill in that, that black space on the left and the right. Nice, nice. So Jay, uh, what games did you have a chance to, you know, give a spin to, and which ones stood out, or uh, tell us about just kind of, you know, the ones that you've tried so far? So obviously, I played a lot of Street Fighter Two. For some reason, I, I used to own the the, the original cartridge, mm -hmm. and every once in a while, I would break out my original SNES and play Street Fighter Two, mm -hmm. but I cannot for the life of me find it anywhere. So I played a lot of Street Fighter Two. I played a lot of Mario Kart, uh, played Super Mario World with my wife, um, Super Punch-Out, and I, I, I dabbled a little bit of Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Country. And the thing that stood out to me, the thing that kind of like blew my mind, amazed me, was um, it feels exactly like the original SNES. Like the controls, everything. Like the controller is... The same shape, the same size, the feel is the same, but even the gameplay is just like, it was just like riding a bike. I was doing, you know, combo moves in Street Fighter 2 and um, just playing Mario, Mario Kart. Like everything was like true to life. Everything was like the same as it was before. Yeah, I, I agree, Jay. I mean, there's really something to be said for the original experience and one singular company or vision controlling the experience. And I say that as someone who has experimented with uh, ROMs and, um, you know, whether it's on my, on my, uh, on my computer, you know, downloading, I forget what it's called, the, whatever the, the emulator is on Mac OS to using an Android tablet and a crappy Amazon $10 controller um, to play and yeah you know that that experience it, it mostly nails it but it always feels a bit off it always feels like there's something missing or it's a millisecond off or whatever have you and like you said you know the snes classic absolutely nails the original experience it's you know there's there's zero lag um, everything is speedy all the games load right away 
um, the experience is, is just flawless. And one could argue, well, it's a 16-bit console. Of course it is. But you know what? Um, it, it's, oh, it's, yeah, know. it still takes work. It still takes, again, that focus and that vision for that product and more notably that overall experience. And Nintendo as a company is a master with that. And they, they again, they, they, they successfully transported us back to our childhood, right? And, and, oh, just, I know. and did it just boom, effortlessly at a, at a reasonable price. Um, great selection of games. And um, yeah, I, I, I put it through its paces. Um, I didn't spend too, too much time. Well, actually, I take that back. I did spend a good chunk of time right when I opened it. So I opened it on, so I got on Friday. So I opened it on Friday night and um, I was having a couple of beers. So I plugged it in, went immediately to Street Fighter and started <laughs> playing. And I think after my first or second match, I was just like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just, it's- I'm going to beat it. So at first, and I started with Ken. So I said, okay, I'm going to just beat it with Ken. And then I got to, <laughs> you know, when it starts getting hard, this is on normal, by the way. Yeah. So I'm not tr- trying to say I maxed it out at eight or anything. It was it was normal skill level, uh, but yeah. At first, I wanted to stick with one character, see if I could do that. But you know, when you start you start losing, and right away your mind goes to, okay, who do I need to pick to beat this particular character? So, <clears throat> excuse me, I bounced around a lot. Um, I went to Guile, I went to Ryu, I went to M Bison. Um, Played a few with Vega, actually. <laughs> and, wow. Yeah, and ultimately, I did actually end up beating M. Bison with Ken um, somewhere around an hour and a half in uh, to, to my playing time. So, um, yeah, so I kind of, it was one of those where I was, you know, you get those, you know, those older guys, do I still have it? I still have it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, a little humble brag there. Um, but yeah, that took most of uh, my chunk of playing time. Um, I also, I tried, I played a little bit of Super Castlevania 4, a little bit of Mario Kart as well. Um, Donkey Kong, uh, you know, got up to Bald Bull on Super Punch-Out. I think he beat oh, me. Oh, wow. Yeah, at that point I was like, I got to go to sleep. So <laughs> yeah, I got I got it to Super Macho Man. Oh, so you know. went in on, on Super Punch-Out. Nice, nice. Yeah. Very nice, man. Yeah, yeah awesome. Yeah. Um, and then also I got I have to say I'm a little embarrassed, but I'll, I'll admit it on air. I never played. Well, it's funny because I guess those of you who remember or are or are of age can relate. A lot of times when you've never played something, it means that you never bought it or your parents never bought it for you and you didn't have a friend who had the game. And <laughs> yep, and, and the game where I'm like embarrassed to say it, but it's the truth, is Contra Three, the Alien Wars. I never played. I love the original Contra on Nintendo. Oh yeah, it's one of my favorites of all, like all all time. Like for whatever strange reason, I never got three. But I I started playing three, and it was like whoa! It was first of all, it was just almost the same as the original, wow. but just upgraded. But it was hard. It was super super hard, and I was like, hmm. I wonder if the I didn't try it, but I need to try it. I want to see. <laughs> yeah, if, I was gonna say. I, I was need to ask. see if the if the Konami code works with it. I, I didn't look it up, but. I wouldn't be surprised. So if not, that game is that game is rough, man. Let me just say, I, I gotta try that. I gotta yeah. try that game. <laughs> so overall, nice. Jay, um, I don't know if we're gonna rate it. I mean, if we were to rate it on the beer scale, I, I would give it a five. I mean, I don't <laughs> five out of five, five out of five, easily. Holy crap, man! It's just that was like my childhood, and I spent hours playing Super Nintendo. 
man, that was like so many memories. Like all those games, it brings me back. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we're gonna rate it five out of five, yeah. if 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 anybody out there can get a hand, get their hands on it, yes. I and if you're of that our age or of that age, pick it up. I mean, the NES Classic, yeah, it was it. it it's great. I would like to get my hands on mm-hmm. one, but I think, you know, my myself. I think I was a little bit too young for the nostalgia to to really take hold. But like for me, SNES, I had to. Pound for pound. I had to pick it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And it it just again, it's all about the experience. And Nintendo, yeah, the, it's it's one of the masters, and it delivered for the price point, the mix of games, the over the overall experience. Especially if you haven't played these games in a long time, you know, and you haven't done ROMs or emulation or something like that, and you literally haven't played since the 90s, just next time you see it available, you see it somewhere, if they restock, whatever, don't hesitate, don't think about it, buy it. Yeah, you won't, you won't regret it. Absolutely. Another thing you won't regret if you come across it, because you will if you listen to the show and you're local and you have access to... Alvarado Street beers is Minesweeper India Pale Ale, and I am very impressed with it, Jay. Um, I again, they have iterated, they have um, improved. I, I would say, in their opinion, uh, you know, some people might disagree. Some people might like, you know, batch four, you know, as opposed to batch eight <laughs> uh-huh. that we're sipping on right. I don't know what numbers, what number this one is. I'm just freestyling that, but um, I, in my opinion. I think they have nailed it with the Minesweeper recipe. This, again, this is what I want in an IPA, specifically if you're talking about a West Coast IPA or whatever the sh- subgenre. Again, I'm going to go with New Age or or New Style West Coast IPA, whatever you want to call it. But this is it. This is this is again. This is exactly what I want to drink. Um, the body, the haziness. Uh, the appearance mm-hmm. it at first glance looks like a New England IPA, quite frankly, especially looking at the last remaining bit of it in my glass. Yeah, um, look at that. Y- yeah, um, and, and the mouthfeel it produces. You know, it's not even just the look for me personally. I, I like the way it looks, but the mouthfeel, the mouthfeel is what I want in in this type of beer for this ABV, and it just really nails it. Um, I've had Minesweeper when it's had more of a traditional West Coast appearance, when it's been very um, transparent, mm-hmm. if you will. I prefer this over that. Um, the flavors that I'm getting from this are very similar from, to what I remember from, from the more West Coast recipe, but more so, again, with what I'm looking for, big stone fruit. As, as the beer has warmed, I'm getting peach. I'm getting nectarine. I love those flavors. In IPAs, and this is delivering on that as as the uh, as the temperature warms, uh, along with that orange and that tangerine and that lime. Um, is it perfect? No. Um, would I like a little bit more of those stone fruit flavors to come in, or at least be present on the initial sips when I first pop the can? Definitely. Um, do I also fear that you know Alvarado Street is going to iterate on the next batch and and tweak it and make it more traditional west coast absolutely because they are very open that they do that and and they're very you know for lack of a better way of putting it no pun intended transparent about about doing that so um i do want to say that i hope that they 
stick with this recipe. I think they've nailed it with this one. Um, is it a traditional West Coast IPA? No, but is it the West Coast IPA that I want to drink? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to give it a 4.75. God damn it, Nick. <laughs> I was going to give it a 4.75. <laughs> All right, show's over. I, we, <laughs> I swear to God, we don't do this at all um for the record we never ever ever even if we've had even if we've drank we've clearly have had this individually before but never once ever in 38 episodes have we ever said oh what are you gonna give it i'm gonna yeah, give it this no, ever ever no, ever no. ever so anyway for the so, record yeah so so i picked this up on friday and you know i had a i had a i had two <laughs> I, I i i i opened up a, a, a can or two and i was like dude this is really good and drinking it today um and then coming you know kind of touching on last week the subgenre of a west coast or a new england ipa kind of like the combination of both yeah. like this is what i want it's the best of both worlds um west coast and meets east coast northeast whatever it, it's not perfect like you said but it's damn near close yeah. as what I w- to what I want to drink every time I go to a brewery or a restaurant. If they have this style, whatever you want to call it, I will order that. Yeah. It's the best of both worlds. You get um, you get the hop hoppiness and the uh, it's like it's like a mix of the hoppiness and the juiciness mm-hmm. or the juice bomb of of both styles. And you get the mouthfeel, but you don't get the the bitterness of of a traditional West Coast IPA. I mean, it's almost almost perfect. Yeah. Uh, man, four point seven five for me as well because it <laughs> it, it's 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 almost the best of both worlds. And yeah, I completely agree. It's it's really good. Um, when we decided on this beer, uh, obviously you you said you had it before, and they've iterated. Yeah. Whatever this version that they're working on or that, that they brewed, keep making the same one because this is damn near perfect. Uh, yeah, perfect beer for me. Yeah, and and just really quick before we um, close out the show, I just I, I did want to say that as of late, uh, my buddies and I, you know, same as you, Jay, like we've mentioned before, we have you know a group chat and we meet in person. Or, you know, we'll meet at you know this brewery or this spot or wherever, and we'll. We'll talk beer. And one of the kind of the hot topics as of late uh, with my buddies and I is um, is Alvarado Street and um, and their overall um, quality control with their canning because about – it's probably been about two months now. They released kind of back-to-back two really big uh, double IPA releases, one being Contains No Juice, which I would say is their flagship double IPA. And also spaced out, which was a big collaboration, uh, also double IPA with with Moonraker, uh, which we've featured on the show with with your Yojo. And I read stuff online. I looked at different um, you know untapped check ins and the way the beer looked, and specifically the contains no juice. It looked like it looked like the beer we had today. Jay looked very. Just you know, New England style. Um, it, it was that kind of style. They don't market it as such, but it pretty much is. It's kind of like their you know New England 
double IPA style, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a couple cans, and my cans did not look like that. They did not taste like that. And yeah. I admittedly had to drain pour them. Oh, yeah, that's how bad ouch. they were. Um, it, it was likely, and I don't know, I'm not a beer expert. Uh, I just pretend to be one on a podcast. So <laughs> I didn't, I, I, my take on it, and just for my limited knowledge, it was oxidation, um, which basically occurs when at whatever point there's too much air that is exposed to the to the liquid right. in the can. Um, it has adverse effects on the beer. Um, it it uh, you know screws up the flavors. It makes it look just like brown almost in color. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so it just it was all bad is what I'm trying to say. And and I experienced it with both releases that came out. I think one week I think it was first it contains no juice, and the week after the spaced out came out. So um, and I spread some reports online, and my buddies and I were basically kind of wondering aloud you know whoa what's going on with alvarado street you know what what, you know what's the deal with them are they having you know quality control issues and then the weeks following that they released they didn't release any kind of juicy releases whatsoever they did west coast like west coast west coast stuff you know um loggers uh things of that Mm -hmm. sort which were great by the way so i'm not saying like they were bad beer but it kind of got that rumor mill churning and of course Last week, they kind of, quote-unquote, returned with beers that they did not quite market or present at first glance as being hazy or that particular style. But that's what they ended up being. And they kind of, in my opinion, they made a statement and basically said, hey, you know, we're we're here. We're here to stay. Um, you know, whatever quality control issues may have been perceived um, – you know whether they were there or not forget about them we are amongst the leaders you know in in northern california on the west coast on the whole we're here to stay yeah. we're making quality beer and um i was you know at least myself and and i can even speak for my friends reassured uh in terms of their level of quality so i just wanted to give props to alvarado street and just say keep keep giving us that whatever you want to call that subgenre Hazy West Coast juice bomb, West Coast juice. I, that, I don't know, something like that. That hoppy, hoppy juice. Hoppy juice. There you go. <laughs> All right, Jay. Well, um, until our next show, where can folks send you Chrono Trigger strategy guide scans from 1995? <laughs> um, I will still check my mentions on Twitter. Um, you can hit me up there at Jay Torres, and I will be. Rating beer on Untap at JTours as well. And you can find me over on Instagram where I spend most of my time nowadays because it's just a happy place, just <laughs> pretty pictures of stuff. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Bay Area Beer Life. Hit me up on Untapped at Nick Pro. Uh, you can find our show accounts on both Instagram and Twitter at IBU Podcast. Um, we'll definitely be checking those accounts. Uh, leave us some feedback. Uh, how you feel about the show, what we can improve on, what beers you want us to try, what tech topics you want us to cover, if you manage to score a Super Nintendo Classic and what your favorite games are on the system. Um, leave us a review on your podcast, uh, Catcher or Player of Choice. Uh, we really do appreciate those. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Tell a friend if you're enjoying the show. We're absolutely having a blast uh, doing this for you every week, and we can't wait to join you with another tasty beer and interesting tech topic next week. And until then, Nick, cheers, man. Cheers. Yeah, oh, I, was, I forgot to mention, the reason I didn't really play the uh, Nintendo that much, 
um, is because I've progressively had, you probably can't see it, but blister. Nah, I have a um, ingrown uh, nail. Can't really oh, see that's it. That's disgusting, it's dude. Super nasty, dude. <laughs> it's so red and um, inflamed, and it got progressively worse throughout the weekend because I played Super Nintendo the whole time. It was, and I mashed the buttons, so I was just hurt. Now I can't even. If I try to play it right now, I'd cry. That's disgusting, dude. 